when we can fill ourselves by being inspired, by being inspired, rather than trying to be motivated from the outside, we'll be able to contribute to people in a, in a real and genuine way because people get to see us, the real us. Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi, an activist and cause marketer who's passionate about social impact and sustainability. Today, we're going to talk about conquering your fears, living better while providing you with tools for coping with feelings of overwhelm, stress, and even depression. Before we launch into these subjects and meet our guests, I'd like to invite you to visit caremorebebetter.com. It's a great resource for new and loyal listeners alike. It includes full transcripts, links to our YouTube content, a helpful blog, and suggestions for actions that you can take to make a difference in your daily life. When you sign up for our newsletter, you'll also be the first to gain access to new episodes and exclusive content. And you can do all of that right there on our site. Diving into today's topic, which is conquering your fear, overcoming overwhelm, and living your very best life. To navigate these topics, I'm joined today by Satori Mateo. Satori himself went from wanting to commit suicide, thinking his own life was just over, to living life fully, embracing the adventure. He has become a world champion in karate, a successful business owner, a two-time number one best-selling author, an international speaker, a coach, a proud father, and an amazing husband. Satori has helped elevate the performance and revenue for Olympic gold medalists, famous entrepreneurs like Tony Robbins, and companies like Mercedes-Benz, Bank of America, and many more. He is also a podcaster and has a show called Half-Ass to Badass. I encourage you all to check it out. Satori, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can hear me well, right? <laughs> uh, perfectly. Perfectly. Love that microphone there. Now, let's start with your personal story. How did you conquer your fear and go from being depressed and suicidal to becoming a badass? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, well, first of all, when I uh, the whole story around it is actually that I, you know, my mom was going to have an abortion and um, on the abortion table, she decided to not do it, <laughs> which obviously I'm here. But the interesting thing was that throughout my life, I kept questioning my own worth, I questioning whether I should be here or not. Uh, and I kept hearing a lot of times, like, you know, my life would have been easier if I didn't have you, like all these kind of comments that, you know, as a three-year-old, five-year-old, it's hard to kind of navigate or understand like, what to do with it. But I worked really hard to uh, try to find my place and my worth. And so at a, you know, in my early twenties, I, uh, I was suicidal and I, and I wanted to end it all, as you just said. And, um, and I remember the moment when I, you know, I was actually going to do it. And I thought, what if I succeed and <laughs> I'm actually being able to see everything, but I can't do anything about it. I'm still here, but I can't do anything about it. So that was fear number one that kind of triggered me to not do anything. And fear number two was that what if I fail 
and I just lay there like a vegetable and I'm still here and I can't actually fulfill on life. So both of those fears triggered me to decide on a new path and actually do something different. And uh, at that time I was living in Stockholm in Sweden, which is where I, where I was born and uh, decided to move to the United States. And I moved to, to Los Angeles, to Hollywood, California. And it was my first uh, stepping stone on uh, changing my, my life. And at that time, when I came there, I felt like I was home for the very first time. So it was very interesting. Like when I came there, I felt like I, have, I had an opportunity to just be myself without the um, indoctrination of how I was supposed to be in other people's eyes. So that was kind of like a stepping stone that gave me the permission to explore myself and who I was and what I wanted to create in my life. And, and literally like in, in, uh, in nine months, uh, I was saying that that's my, most my birth. <laughs> in nine months, I, I became a world champion karate and opened my martial arts school and had a chance to, an opportunity to teach a lot of, a lot of uh, families, a lot of kids, and got a chance to work with a lot of people. And then I transitioned from doing the martial arts to really, because uh, I stood, started to understand the importance of your mental health and emotional health and, and all the combinations. So most of the time when I worked with families, I started to hear people talking about the benefits they got from my training. And it was not about the kicking or punching. It was really about the mental aspect of it to balance their balance their emotions, balance their, their, their perspectives, uh, which I'm sure we're going to talk more about today. <laughs> so I'm thinking about you leading this karate school. I personally have also found that physical efforts often are a tool to help me escape any mor morose feelings, right? Like if I'm starting mm -hmm. to feel a little down, getting outside, going for a hike, spending time in the great outdoors, even just a little bit of sunbathing can elevate your sense of well-being. And I mean, there's science behind this that really supports it, even just as much as, you know, ensuring you produce vitamin D or breathing fresh air among the trees. I mean, these things can actually help elevate your mood. So mm. I wonder what tools that you found in addition to this physical effort that helped you in the early stages, because I'm sure that didn't come overnight. Right. Uh, yeah, so definitely I, I, was, I did move my body a lot. And one of the things that I started using was, was to synchronize my breath with my movement. So I would, I would breathe synchronized with my move. So each step and each breath was synchronized. And I started noticing that how, how it was balancing my neurology. And I felt calmer. I felt more peaceful. And even today, you know, if I have a moment where I feel like a you know, brain fog or I feel like I've been working too much, I take like, you know, five or seven minute walk, just breathing. And of course, drinking water <laughs> uh, always helps. I, I think that, you know, I, I believe like, you know, today, like we live in a world with, where we are technically, you know, more connected than ever before, uh, uh, but we're more isolated, more separated than ever. And so I've noticed that, you know, throughout this period, this time that we're living right now, I noticed that because a lot of my clients that started contacting me, I noticed that we, we feel like we were more polarized against each other in some way. And we forgot almost that all the time that we, that we, that, that we have actually the same goals, right? We all want to um, feel good. We want to ha have a meaningful life. We want to enjoy our life and the people around us. And when we start noticing that the, depolar the polarization of, of us as human beings, uh, we, have, we have very different you know, belief systems, different ways of, of heading there 
to, to the goal, to the same goal, to wanting to feel great, right? to have a good, great life, right? I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, you know, how can I have an awful life? How can I, how can my life suck a little bit more today, <laughs> right? We, we look for ways to, to feel that we have a meaningful life and that we have energy and inspiration and feel good. So what I noticed for myself and working with people is really that the, the, the polarization starts on an individual level. So what is happening on a mass scale externally is just a reflection of what's happening internally on an individual level. And I think that the polarization is going on internally. It, cr- it creates an imbalance. So when I'm walking or I do certain kind of processes for myself mentally, it it's always comes back to creating, going from imbalance to balance. So an imbalance starts at the level of perception, meaning that you know, when we perceive more drawbacks than benefits, more negatives than positives, more, more challenge than support, and we go into imbalance. So when we balance the perspectives, when we can see that the benefits and the drawbacks are equal, we can start having actual real gratitude. So today, if we watch you know, in the news or around us, a lot of people live in, in fear, uh, which leads to like hopelessness, depression, anxiety, kind of, kind of like, you know what you talked about. And, and it becomes a state where we become almost crippled or handicapped. Like, you know, we become apathetic and where we almost believe that we can't do anything, right? That we become immobilized. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of death, right? I, when, I, when I think back to wanting to commit suicide, it's because I didn't have any vision, my vision of the future was gone. Mm-hmm. It was it was more darkness than light. Right. There was no future, and if there's no future, then why live, right? So that is the you know illusion when we believe that that imbalance actually ex- exists that we don't have any future. So I think it's. A, I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, it does. Um, I mean, the one of the things that gets me thinking about is just this whole concept of overwhelm. Hmm. And when you talk about something like um, feeling immobilized, right? Why does that occur? Why does that happen to people? I generally think it occurs when they feel so overwhelmed because everything seems bigger than them. And Mm. so they don't know where to start. And because they don't know where to start, they therefore just kind of retract. And then it becomes a cyclic um, issue where the fear feeds itself, the overwhelm feeds itself, and you stagnate. And that results in these feelings of apathy. And then from there, apathy is a slippery slope to feeling depressed and helpless. And when you feel depressed and helpless, then suddenly you know, your life may seem like it's less worth living. Like, what's the point? Like that general conclusion in your mind can then become what's the point of even being here. And so I've only had that occur in my life, perhaps once, and I, I never would have termed it suicidal, because it's not like I was thinking of the action of ending my life. But I was pretty depressed. And getting out of bed would seem like a hard task that's the extent to which it had become for me. And so Mm. when you think about that as kind of this sliding or spiraling, I think those images can, can help you understand what it can be. But if we can think about how to then circle back up, 
I mean, there's there's a solution, and that's the circling back up, right? You can that yes. spiral can go two directions, and if we seek to bite off the smaller chunks, do the things that we can actually have an effect over to improve our own mental health, and then take one step and put it in front of the other, then the action you can lead to is, you know, getting to your higher self and to greater success, which is, I think, something that you have demonstrated. And so Mm. I'd like for you to talk about this kind of Mount Everest system. I'm sorry, Mount Everest Mm. syndrome. But if it Mm. feels so overwhelming, then then how do you bite that down into smaller chunks or how do you break it down into smaller chunks so that you can uh, ultimately head on that journey and be successful? Great question. Great question. So <clears throat> throughout this whole process, you know, what I looked at um, is that if we look at it as, as an internal experience and, and an external experience, right? So we have both, right? We have the internal experience of, of, of our thoughts, our habits, our loops that we, that we do, our habit loops, our thought loops, our emotional loops, our behavioral loops. They are internal. And then we have the external loops, uh, which is how we interact with other people, how, how, we in the, how we are in the world. And just to give an example of what I mean by that is that I spoke to a client the other day and she, um, she works for a big corporation and she said to me the other day, she's like, well, you know, when I worked at the, in the office, you know, we used to have these coffee breaks. We socialize, we talk to each other, right? And today, you know, we're stuck in front of a computer screen talking to each other on, on Teams or Zoom or, uh, and even if that gives people, you know, it gives people more freedom in, in one way. So just as people have, just their benefits um, to working from home, there are also drawbacks, right? You can sit in your PJs, right? You can have a suit on or, or you know, a blouse on, on the top and sit, you know, in your underwear if you want to, right? And uh, <laughs> and you have this, this connection, you, you know, more freedom like that, right? But I think that when we understand that there are both benefits and drawbacks, and when we realize, when we understand that only when we live in the illusion that we're seeking a one-sided life, we're seeking a life with only benefits and no drawbacks, or we're looking for a life that is only up and no down, and we're looking for a life that is, you know, has you know, more happiness than sadness, and we're chasing that and thinking that we're going to be able to eliminate the, the other part, we, we are going from one polarity to the next. Mm. So when we start identifying and understand, okay, both sides, both polarities, up and down, they're always going to exist. Challenges and, and support, right? You can have struggles, right? Then you can have things that go the way, the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And when we have the expectation to begin with that it's only going to be one side, then we're living in a fantasy. And I think that is a key principle or key component to think about to begin with to realize I will never be able to divorce the other side. I will always have both sides. And if I can embrace both sides and actually start seeing what are the benefits in this so-called challenge, in this so-called problem Mm -hmm. that I only seem to see negatives about, if I can start seeing the benefits and how it actually serves me, how it's useful for me. Because when we get down, we only think that it's just negative. And we don't see the insight, the lesson, the value in that part. I think so that's, that's one, one piece. But 
I, I started to look at how can I structure this? Because today with our mental health, the real problem is when you perceive more drawbacks than benefits, when we have the illusion that there's no way out, mm-hmm. right? So the first thing, uh, when I designed this, the whole structure, and, and it wasn't easy, I mean, because I had to break down all the components of personal development, personal growth, neuroscience, <laughs> biochemistry, biology, like all different things, uh, therapies. And, and I, I put over 25 years of research and studying and trying to figure these things out, uh, primarily because I want to try to figure out my own life to begin with, but seeing how people were struggling with these things. So I found that, and, and I'll explain what I mean by this, but I, I found that people don't need motivation. And I looked at that because motivation comes from the outside. It's like a motive to act. And it's usually coming from externals. Mm-hmm. But when you are inspired, it's you're inspired. It comes from within. And that started breaking down the idea that we all have different values. And when we can look at and understand what are my values. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm not talking about social idealism. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, being honest or, you know, all those kind of things. I'm talking about what your life demonstrates that you actually value. So there are certain things that you put your focus on. There's certain, certain things that you love to spend your time on, your energy on, right? The things that you like to think about, like you like, you love to talk about, and things that you that like even this podcast, right? Like this is something that, that it's juicy for you. It inspires you. It gets you going. It gives you energy because it's in your values, right? It's in your value system. So I think that the first step, and I, this part of, of, of our structure, we call it the core. And I, and I believe that uh, I designed this to, to be in charge of your life, be in charge of your perceptions because like I said earlier, life begins and ends at the level of perception. So, which is why we created this system, what I call deliberate growth. And it's an operating system. And it includes a personal component, but it also includes a community component because a collaborative component, because we are here with people, Mm -hmm. right? And we want to engage with people that we, that we love and care about and that we want to grow with. Um, you want me to share a little bit how, how that how I see it, how, how that works? I would. I mean, or? it sounds to me like you may be um, leading into this six-phase system that you've developed, which I've been itching to learn more about. So if you can give us that 30,000-foot view of what this program looks like, I would personally love that. I think my listeners would too. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So, well, first of all, the first phase is like what I call ground zero, right? It's like it's, like, it's the first phase because it's the core, right? And uh, which is the foundation. So I look at it with, with, without it, without understanding the core, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. And with it, everything is possible. Because you can try to build any successful business you want. You can want to have the most successful family. You can want to change the world. You can do all kinds of great things. But if your core is not solid, you will always be on shaky ground. And so core is understanding your core values, your core habit loops, because inside of it, uh, it's where instead of trying to live someone else's life, you're living your life. Mm-hmm. And so we all have certain things, components that we bring to life. 
But you have, just like your fingerprints, they're very unique. There's no one like you. And when we can bring that uniqueness and understand what are my core values, let me not try to live into someone else's values. And that, I think that's, you know, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. This is a long, long, long conversation, a big topic. But, <laughs> you know, most people they try to live into other people's values. And that's where all the guilt and shame uh, lives. That's where guilt and shame starts. Because someone told you with their value structure, this is wrong. This is bad. This is good. You know, you should do this. Think like this. And we, we have this conversation, this notion of I should, 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 I should do this, right? Mm-hmm. I ought to do that. And if you think about most, most people saying I should eat better, I should work out more, I should work harder, or I should spend more time with my family. If it's your values, you don't have to should it. You just do it because you love it. And it's, it's your core values. But when you start thinking I should do this, it's a pretty strong guarantee that it's actually someone else's values, not your own. You're trying to live up to someone else's values. So that means that you first of all got to strip away what is not your values and understand what are your core values. Mm-hmm. And second of all, start seeing like, what are my internal thoughts? What, what gives me energy and what, what pulls, what, what destroys my energy? What drains me? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I love talking about? And what bores me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So you really start understanding what is the core and then looking at what are the habits. So all this is part of phase zero, like a ground zero, right? Understanding the core. Then we go into phase one, which is all about clarity. Mm-hmm. We understand, we have clarity about where we are right now, where we want to go, what we want to create. And we have crystal clarity. It's like a laser beam. Or when you know where you're going, Anything is possible, but when you don't have clarity, you're lost. Right. So earlier, when you were talking about phase zero, so to speak, and getting to your core, Mm -hmm. I immediately was thinking about people who struggle with finding their purpose when they don't Mm -hmm. know what they should be doing and they're kind of adrift at sea. So they kind of go from job to job. They may vacillate in their career. They haven't figured out really what they want to do, what fuels them. And so it really gets back to not understanding what their core and what their values are because without that piece to guide you, it's like you're, you're essentially out there without a compass. You don't know, you don't directionally know which way to go. So that's, I mean, I just love that. So let's talk a little bit more about clarity because I think this is the part where people, if they haven't done the core values part or they have even, they just may not necessarily know what to do with it. And this is something that um, I've been clear with my whole life, I've always known that I wanted to live well by doing good. And so Mm. to me, that meant I would work in the natural products industry to build Mm. supplements and foods that could help better people's health. So if I'm selling something, at least I'm selling something that I know does good, right? And then sourcing mindfully and funding not-for-profit projects like Vitamin Angels or water projects or building playgrounds for kids. Like that has always kept my juices flowing, right? So Mm. I've known that purpose my whole life. And I know a lot of people who don't necessarily have that driving them. So they're, again, kind of at sea adrift. So let's talk about clarity. I'm just like, I've got my pad of paper here. I want to take notes because I want to help more people too, right? Yes, yes, of course. And, and I'm sure that when you, when you talk about all the things that you love doing, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's why I started right? this podcast. It doesn't feel like work. I mean, it takes a lot of effort. Yes. 
but effort yeah. and work, they, they seem like two different things, right? Yes, exactly. And, and that's, that's the interesting thing that you say that because I look at it as that when challenge, when you have inspiring challenges, I mean, you, you're focused on things that inspire you that are in your highest values. That's what, you know, in technical terms, we call it eustress, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a healthy stress for you because it's eustress. It's like, it's inspiring challenges. But when you have regular stress that kind of breaks you down, it's because you are taking on challenges that are uninspiring. So you're doing things that are not aligned with your values. And, you know, I'm, it may sound corny when I say this, but if you don't have a plan for your life, someone else has a plan for you, <laughs> right? So, I mean, if you, don't, right? if you don't plan and you don't fill your time, your day, your, your hours with things that are meaningful and inspiring to you, you will be filled in with something that is uninspiring, unfulfilling, and draining you. And so therefore, if you're trying to fit into someone else's values, most unless you can see the connection between your values you will be just trying to live in someone else's life and that will never feel fulfilling. So I'm, I guarantee you, like, you know, there are lots of people that believe and feel and, and are inspired by the things that you are inspired by. And when you can engage and magnet, you know, draw to you people like that, everybody's going to feel energized by it. Right. And so you may look a little bit different, maybe a little different form, and, and everybody's going to pull their little things to it. But clarity is the first piece, because that's why I say, you know, without the values, then people try to set goals that are not aligned with their values. And that's why I, I believe the core reason why most people don't achieve their goals or, or feel so-called not motivated or uninspired to pursue them, because they're setting goals because they believe they have to, or they should. I, I heard this thing, you should, you should really set goals. I think it's really good to set goals. And they set a goal, but they're not bringing their values to it. They're just setting a goal that they think they should. I should lose weight. I should eat better. Yeah, I, I'm going to definitely stop smoking. And they have really no intention of stopping smoking. <laughs> but, you know, somebody told them that they should, and they know, you know, it's bad for you to smoke. So, you know, that's my goal but they don't follow through on it because they're not inspired from within and it's not connected to their values. They, they don't see the connection. Everybody has values. They're not connected. They don't understand what, what, what they are. So when I say clarity is to have crystal clarity about not only where you are right now or where you want to go, but actually having the guts to be brutally honest with yourself, brutally honest about where you are right now where you want to go and what's missing? Like, what's the, what is the gap here? What is missing here? And be able to tell the truth about it. It may be a resource, an external resource. It may be some internally that you need to strengthen or, or let go of, uh, which actually kind of brings us into uh, phase two, which is about, to, is about elimination, to eliminate. To eliminate the stuff that isn't you. Mm -hmm. The stuff that stops you that that slows you down that creates more friction like unnecessary friction and that could be same thing there it could be internal stuff or it can be external stuff you may have uh, you know sometimes people ask me you know i want to i want to achieve this okay okay and they're like how long is that going to take and i used to look at like you know like a time frame like you know you have a timeline from here you are right now and you want to go here like i'm making like a timeline right now with my hands and if you listen to this and 
the timeline is going to extend the more junk you have between your ears. Meaning the more stories you have of why you can't do things or why it's going to be hopeless or why it's not, the more stuff we have inside of our heads internally, the longer it's going to take. So thinking about to eliminate things, I look at what are the thought patterns that I need to let go of? What kind of worries or fears? And I'm not saying that that's, that it's easy and like just happening right away, but to start getting clarity about what you want, knowing where you want to go, understanding the gap, and then looking at what do I need to let go? What friction, what unnecessary, like it's almost like pruning, right? You have this beautiful garden and you, you remove weeds, you, you prune the garden and you remove things that are not necessary. Mm-hmm. And that could be external stuff too. I mean, it could be, you know, your surroundings, could be your environment at home, right? It may be certain, maybe it may be a job, right? That you actually, you spend so much time there and you so not trusting of your abilities that you're staying in this job because it feels secure. But by the time you come home, your real inspiration, your real values, you're so tired that you have no energy left for that. Right. Well, what you get me thinking about as you're talking about this is something really that has become clear to me over the years. And that is when I'm stressed, I have a much harder time getting the noise out. And so I'll start to get into this negative loop of, oh, well, I can't because I just don't have enough time right now. I've got these other 16 things to do. And so because of that, I start to get in this negative, doubting kind of perspective. And it all comes back to stress, because if I was less stressed, my attitude and my approach and everything would be a little different. It would be like, oh, I've got these 16 things I have to do. I'm going to just start checking them off. And then I'll get to this other part that I need to then um, progress in this area that I've detailed for myself, this goal that I'm going towards. Mm. So I think I would like to hear from you you know, how you kind of cut through that noise. I know that this is a journey and it's probably something that's continual where you have to come back to it, come back to it, come back to it, even as you've gone through however many phases there are to become your best possible self and your most productive self. You still have to go back and kind of do that as you're heading forward. So if you can offer perspective or even examples, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So once we, do, once we do the elimination part, we go into the next phase, which is actually structure. And I think that's, that's the piece that I think um, it's so interesting because structure, sometimes people think that it's restricting, but I think structure equals freedom. And so when I was writing my book, for example, I, I said I wanted to write a book and I had the idea of writing a book. And I, I, I wasn't implementing this little piece that I'm, that I'm sharing with you right now. Because it was, I started, stopped, started, stopped. But when I decided that, okay, this thing is worth my energy, it's worth my efforts, worth my, worth my focus, then I need to have a structure. So what I would do is I would block, in my case, I would block four hours in the morning. And during those four hours, I would have everything I needed, like water, and I, I, I moved my body in the morning before I started writing, and and I made sure that I didn't have my phone on. I only, I, I, the only thing I had was my timer on. So I set it for 50 minutes of focus. And then I took a 10-minute break. 50 minutes of focus, 10-minute break. 50 minutes of focus, 10-minute break. And I did that 
until the book was, was done. So the structure was that in my calendar, I, I, I protected this time block. I protected it with my life because I know just like when I have a client, you know, we schedule a time when we're going to have our session. So nothing else is going to come between that and that session time, unless you know some kind of accident or something happens. Right. But that's the time. So I had to block that time and make that appointment with myself and making sure that nothing else was prioritized unless, you know, the building was burning and somebody needed my help in, in that was more important, but otherwise that was my time. I, I, I didn't schedule any, any client calls at that time. They had to come in the afternoon. So I, I was work from, you know, eight in the morning till noon and just focus on that. And I think, blocking time we all can say you know well if it's not in your schedule then it doesn't exist but i've had many times where i've written things down in my schedule and still haven't done it so just writing it down your calendar is not it's not a recipe for like oh now it's going to happen <laughs> right so we need to come from the perspective that this thing that i want to accomplish this thing that i want to create is so important to me and the way I came to that point of making it important. I wrote down, this may sound crazy, but uh, I wrote down 250 benefits of me writing this book. Hmm. What are the benefits to me and to the reader? So when the reader reads the book, like I had to put myself, what are the benefits for this person on all kinds of levels? So the way I, the way I do that, um, let me just ask you this. Just, just I think they will make it more real for, for the listeners as well. Um, what is the benefit of your podcast? Wow, the benefit of my what podcast. What is one benefit? Well, I think yes. it's inspiration and also just overcoming those feelings of I can't make a difference. So I okay. that's how okay. I see it anyway. So, so what, <laughs> yes. So when you say that, you know, like overcoming the, the, the thinking, right, that I can't make a difference. And what's the benefit of that? The benefit of that is that you can you can actually do some good and ultimately feel more satisfied in your life and with yourself. Yes. And what's the benefit of that? I think it's far reaching because if you feel like you can be an effective person, if you feel like you can push forward change, then suddenly your whole world can open up. So yes. I mean, that's how I see it. Um, right. Because if you feel so like you can be effective. It gives you more mental energy. It gives you more mental right. energy. It gives you more yeah. It gives you more physical energy. Sure. Right. It gives you better. You, you can be more present. Mm-hmm. Right. I and hope you, you can be a better mom. <laughs> right. Right. But, but so all these things are, are, are layers of benefits. Mm-hmm. So I usually go uh, and I just using this example. It's a good way to think about it, like, okay, what's the benefit of this? And then you go several layers deep. And what's the benefit of that? So I think like sometimes, you know, okay, if I, if I, let's say sleep, let's say sleep, sleep is something that's very important. Right. So, Okay, what's the benefit of me being rested? Well, my brain functions better. Mm-hmm. So, my, so mentally and physically, I'm going to function better. I, I will have more energy. Okay, what's the benefit of that? Well, I'll be, I'll be more present with my clients, with my family, my kids, right, my, my colleagues. Okay, great. Then what's the benefit of that? I can contribute. I can be more loving. I can be more caring, right? So it's yeah. like when you, when, you, when you layer the benefits, you literally, neurologically, you are restructuring your brain like that's actually what's happening on a, on a physical level in your brain. And I look at it as just as a, 
an internet connection, right? The old dial-up was very, very slow, <laughs> right? And today, you know, internet can be very, very fast. And so the more of these connections you make, more of these benefits you make, the faster the connection, the less mental effort it takes and the more naturally you will feel inspired from within because it connects to your values. So I, I ask myself the question, what is the benefit to the people I'm going to serve? What's the benefit to myself? Mm-hmm. How will this fulfill my values? Mm-hmm. And when I start thinking about how it's going to fulfill my values and I make that connection and people, and literally what, what I think is so cool about it is that when you make these connections, you're not, you don't have to do 250. I would say, you know, that's a good aim. But even if you did 50, 50 benefits or 100 benefits, when these benefits come to life, you're literally creating new connections in your brain that didn't exist before. Like mm-hmm. they didn't exist. Yeah. You're literally creating new connections, new wiring that was not there before. And so most people think like it should just come by itself. But by making these connections, you're literally creating a, a connection, a muscle, a new nerve cell that wasn't there before. So, and I mean, you're talking about, you it's do- like rewiring your brain. Like you're literally rewiring or programming how you think, feel, and ultimately exist. Yes. 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 Wow. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> there's so many, you know, light bulbs going off in the background for me. But really, I mean, it seems to me like you've created a blueprint for how to essentially just correct your thinking so that you can be more effective, correct your thinking from the negative loops and from, you know, the challenges that you might face that are external as well, because everybody faces those challenges. And this is something you talked about earlier on that, you know, you're going, no matter what you do, you're going to have things that make you happy. And then you're going to have things that challenge you and create struggle. But it's how you're responding to that and utilizing something like this could actually help you to reframe things without simply hearing, oh, you just need to reframe this. And let me give you an example, because I think you can hear a hundred examples, but without a framework to do it, it just, um, I I think it kind of falls on deaf ears. And I I don't want to say that those mini coaches out there who are saying, oh, here's 16 examples of how to reframe without kind of bringing it back to your values. I think that it lacks the punch that it would need to become an ingrained habit. Correct. Yes. Because we already have habits. It's not like we don't have habits. We all have, have habits. a lot of habits. <laughs> Probably <laughs> right? some bad ones. And it's not, yes. And, and, and I look at it, it's not like, you know, you can say, you know, there are good habits and bad habits, but it really depends on the goal, right? For some person, right, they want to gain weight. And for some other person, they want to lose weight. I mean, it's the opposite of goals. So is one good and one bad? No, it's just depending on what is your, what is your outcome? What do you want to achieve? You know, so if you if you know what your goal is, the strategy to get there, and, and I think that this part of working with athletes, because if you have a tennis player that's serving, uh, you know, in tennis, they're serving, and they keep doing the same mistake over and over, and uh, they're just going to get more and more frustrated. So they need to deliberately shift, deliberately, intentionally shift how they think and how they do things. And once they keep doing something over and over, the correct way, I mean, that they see produce results, then now that becomes easy for them. 
And I think that's the piece that is that it, we're, we're no different from a, from, a, from a professional athlete because our life, you know, is our level, our playground for performance. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, either you wake up and you're, you're frustrated and you're irritated and you're feeling down and you feel like you have no purpose. Or you feel like you're inspired and you are on purpose and you feel like life is for you, not against you. And, and I'm not meaning to say that as a, as a positive thinking, kind of like, oh, that sounds like a smart thing to say. But really like understanding that when we think about something that we think of as a challenge, mm-hmm. a real problem that we see is like we only see the obstacles. We look at the situation as it's in the way rather than being on the way. And the reason why we think that it's in the way, meaning we only see the obstacle, is because we're not seeing how this thing actually helps us, how it serves us. But if we think about it, it we just break it down to the most simple thing. If we go to a gym and we want to build a bicep and we take a one-pound weight, and we stand there, we can stand there all day long and nothing will happen. Really, nothing will happen. The way that muscle grows is that it, 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 you, you're pushing against resistance and you're giving that muscle something to work against. It looks like it's against, right? Like just like gravity. And the same thing with all the challenges in life. They're there for you to help you grow and develop yourself. And again, I'm not saying this to try to sound positive <laughs> at all. I'm actually saying it because it's a natural law of physics. If you have nothing to resist, you won't grow, period. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking of these challenges, these problems, I mean, and I've dealt with some of the most challenging situations. I mean, people that have lost their kid. And like, they're not going to want to hear, oh, well, great. So where are the benefits that your kid died? I mean, <laughs> they were going to a punch in the face, right? right? <laughs> but it's to look at, uh, to understand the pain and to see, like, I'm, I'm literally, I've, I've had people when the kid died in, in birth. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, nobody saw any benefits. Right. Right. But then they realized later on that, you know, they were so unhappy in their lives and, and nothing that they were doing was changing any direction. And this was a trigger that made them question their life. It made them actually start evaluating, what do I value? Mm-hmm. What is important to me? Mm-hmm. And I'm completely in the wrong place in life. Right. This is not for me. And, and when they started seeing that this moment actually helped them to wake up and change the whole direction of their life, right? When we started working through it. Yeah. But it's interesting because we, we I look at it as like the, the wider the perspective, the more you see, the more you will see. You know, you're reminding me of a book that I read in my MBA courses um, called The Leadership Challenge by Barry Posner. I mean, it's a celebrated book. I think it's had many, many editions by now. But one of the things that he says in this book that he postulates is that when you're looking for a leader, they have to want to struggle. And I, I 
challenge that. Like I, it was something that really I had a hard time with because I don't think anybody wants to struggle. However, right. that's the terminology difference, right? If, if you want to conquer challenges, if you want to be able to see the opportunity in the challenge, I mean, that's the same thing, but it's just a language difference. I wouldn't have used the term wants to struggle. Um, but I think he chose mm. to use that term because I think when you're in a leadership position, you have to almost look at it like it's a battle map and say, okay, so here's the war I have to fight. And here's the battle I have to fight. And these are the things, these are the the levers I can pull in order to, you know, surmount that mountain. I'm going to need mm. to struggle to climb that hill, but it will be worth it because. And so, right. <laughs> you know, I think there is some really valuable perspectives in that, but I still always felt like the word struggle was a wrong choice. Because it right. automatically brings this negative kind of tone with it. And I feel like when you're telling people that you want them to reframe their thinking already and see the opportunity as opposed to the challenge, the moment you start to use terminology like struggle, it kind of like, I don't know, it deflates me as an example. Yes, I don't know yes. if it does that with everybody, but it definitely made it feel like you were just putting a brick on my shoulder. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I completely see that for sure, for sure. And I, and I think that's the part of when, when we start thinking about that and understanding, okay, so I'm, I'm going to have, I will have support mm -hmm. and I will have challenges in my life. They, they'll both exist. And I think that the, the, the highest level growth literally happens right there at the border, at the, right at the border of challenge and support. That's the, where maximal growth happens. So when you have too much, too much struggle or too much things to take on, you, you get overwhelmed. And that's where we get into that. You know, we, we feel we don't move. We get, uh, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you are below that line, when you have no challenge and you only have support, you become like a child. Right. So you, 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 there's no growth. Like you don't have to do anything like, you know, mommy or daddy will do everything for me. <laughs> like, right. I feel so, seen. So we want to have, <laughs> right? so have that kind of edge. So we, we're right on the edge of challenging ourselves. But, in a, but that's why I said, if you take on challenges that are in alignment with your values, you will be inspired. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have the use stress. And literally, when you have a user, your brain is consistently growing. You are reshaping, you're remolding your brain consistently. The actual opposite happens too. When you are in the, the stress that we don't like, and uh, when we're doing things that are uninspiring to us, we're, our brain is really degenerating. It's like it's going the other way. And that's why I think it's so critical and it's so key that we understand what our values are and live according to them and filter away everything else. We, we need to make it more important to not try to please other people. And I think that the key here is, not, is to understand that pleasing people is not the same as caring for people. Hmm. Like I can care about people, but pleasing people is just a way to try to buy love. It's not a way to buy affection, to buy a, approval. You, you don't want people, and I, and, and I know this, for the very fact that I've lived like that most of my life, you know, apologizing and wanting to please people, make, wanting people to be happy with me. 
always wanting people to, you know, to approve. But that's a fear-based focus. Mm. Caring means that I care about your happiness, your fulfillment, your your way in life. I want you to, to have a great life. And I do it because I care about you, not so that you will like me. And I think there's is the so that sentence in there. The so that mm-hmm. that makes it the difference. So you know, pleasing people is not caring f- for you or for other people. Hmm. So if you want to care more and be better, <laughs> bringing right, it home. I think <laughs> yes, it's really to like own your values, live in them, be completely unapologetic about your values, and strip away everything that is not your values. And only put your energy and your focus on the things that provide energy for you, that keeps you alert and focused, that challenge you, you, but in an inspiring way. That's where you will be the most productive. And that's where you, you will be able to serve people and have a social impact. That's where you will be your greatest version. And I think that the key to that is to start becoming aware what isn't you? I love the whole thinking about you know Michael and you know Angelo, right? The statue of David, right? You're stripping away everything that is not David. Like the whole perfect thing was already there. We're just chipping away what isn't you, right? And and that getting getting connection with the core of you, the real you, the authentic you. And that's where you're gonna have be able to love people better. Well, I love that. Um, I really feel like I've got a snapshot now of not only what your book might be about, (laughs) um, but also, you know, this journey, this six um, tools that you have. So what we talked about so far was the core clarity and structure. And I know we only have about probably 10 minutes left or so um, for the podcast. But if you could just quickly highlight what the last three are, I want a taste of that. I want to get a feel Yes, absolutely. So we talked about core, right? Clarity, eliminate, and structure. You start talking about structure, how to, how to structure your day, your time, your focus, and, and make sure that you, everything that you got clarity on, now we're implementing the structure. And then we go to momentum. So momentum is the actual next phase. And the phase of momentum is where the implementation, is where the, where the integration happens. It's where the action is taken. Because... People can have all kinds of inspiring thoughts and ideas, and they maybe even have a plan for it. But without the execution of it, without the implementation, this is, just becomes a fantasy. And I think going back to values, again, if you don't set goals that are in alignment with, with your values, that plan that you want to put in motion to create momentum, to create traction, was mo- will most likely just be a fantasy. But the moment you connect your values to your what you want and then what you eliminate and, and create the structure, then momentum will happen. When you start seeing that you, you, you are, it doesn't have to be fast, but surely you're moving towards what you want. It's a good sign that you are, you're moving in the right direction because it's in alignment with your values. And that's where momentum happens. It's like, that's not what the snowball effects happens. So momentum is critical for several reasons because once you get momentum, you get over that thing that we talked about earlier, which is the story that I can't do this. 
But the moment you get some momentum, you get proof. Oh, I can do this. Huh? It is possible. Look what I actually did. Right? Oh, I did the first podcast. Oh, look. And I recorded the second episode. Oh, and the third one. And the fourth one. And all of a sudden, like, you have momentum. And as you're creating momentum, your certainty in your ability grows. Mm-hmm. And when your certainty in your ability grows, your worth grows. You're literally, your worth grows. So you actually have an ability to impact and influence your own worth. So for every time you, you keep your word with yourself, to yourself, you are indoctrinating in a, in a, in a, in a good way. You indoctrinate to yourself, huh, I actually have the ability to do this. I can do this. And, and this level of certainty grows. And your inspiration grows. Your fulfillment grows. And, and the momentum, the, the, the whole momentum keeps growing. Once we've done that, we come into the last phase, phase six, which is evolve. And that's, that's the core of the whole thing that we want to create. But deliberate growth, it ends with evolution. So when we come to evolve, the evolve phase, this is where we evaluate, we measure, we, we learn, we get insights, we make adjustments on how we can up-level things. So when we come to the evolve phase, we literally come back to ground zero. We come back to the core. And we reevaluate our values. We look at and, and make it even more synchronistic. We make it even more specific. We, we bring it even closer to really get to know because, you know, somebody can say, well, I value uh, growth. Or let's say I value health. And I say, well, I value health too. So we both value health. But one person's you know, definition of I value health is I want to go to the gym every day. And someone else is like, hey, I want to make sure that I create a sustainable world where we put natural foods in our bodies and we are, you know, making sure that we're not, you know, spraying the world with, you know, glyphosate, <laughs> right? Like, what is our definition of health? So we can still value health, but when we go from evolve, we go back to the core and redefine and make it even more specific, more clear. Right. And we keep circling. And, and I think as we keep doing that, we keep evolving. We keep bringing things to, to the next levels, just like our immune system keeps growing. Right. We, we get sick and it gets stronger and we keep doing things to evolve our immune system. Well, same thing here. We keep evolving as human beings, our minds, our bodies, our spirituality, like everything. We keep evolving ourselves. And uh, I know kind of like what what um what i'm actually the story of how i came here i'm right now i'm i'm in cyprus right and and i look over this beautiful mediterranean waters every day and the the mountains and the sea i mean the sea everything and when i came here um i saw this opportunity to actually build something here like a community and i thought about that how we how can we create a community where we are building the health structures Right, where we can have the, the healthy, the, the nature with both the, the clean air, clean water, uh, clean food, right? And how, how can we have collaboration with people where people can have all their beautiful ideas and thoughts and, and their values? And how can we make them infiltrate with each other so we can keep evolving and, and, and challenging each other and caring about each other so that you have the 
the balance of support and challenge. Support and challenge. Challenge is a board. So, and, and that's where we're creating right now. We're like, we're building this community where people are coming here and entrepreneurs and people from all around the world coming here to, to eat, eat better, think better, <laughs> and do things, you know, to improve. Like literally like our whole community that we're building will uh, have, we're taking, we're using all electricity from solar panels and we're bringing the energy through the through there and giving it back to the to the government so they can actually pay us for the extra energy and that will make sure that the people inside of the community can live for free well i'm in and <laughs> <laughs> yes i have to tell you yes. on the heels of us connecting i was like that's it i need to renew my passport <laughs> <laughs> so I sent that application yeah. in just after we talked because I let it lapse because COVID and who's traveling? I mean, I haven't been on an international flight in over two years now. So right, um, right. it's it's time. It's time to get back out there. Um, and I love what you're working to build in Turkey. So I'm going to quickly sum up. I, I believe you covered core and really getting to your values, clarity, mm -hmm. And really getting clear on what your goals and objectives are that are rooted in your values, rooted in your values. Uh, and structure. One, one, yeah. one little key there with, with clarity, I think it's important because like you said earlier, there's so many things that people want to accomplish. Yeah. And I look at like, pick one, pick maybe two things. Yeah. That's it. And you don't do the next thing until the first thing is done. Trying to do six things at once, going in six directions, you can't. You can't. Yes. You stay still when you're I, doing that. Yeah, we we both know, you know how challenging it could be to start and build a business. Mm -hmm. Well, try to build three businesses or four businesses at the same time. No, <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, Fuck you can invest one. in three or four businesses at the same time if you have the resources to do so. But doing the work yes. on your own—that's a different story, right? Yes. Yes. So then you, you talked about structure and I love structuring my day. I live by my calendar. I think it's an important way to guide your life. So I personally love that tool. But then we moved on to talking about momentum and evolution. I feel like I missed one in here. So perhaps mm. you said it and I just didn't write it down. So we have core clarity structure and then I had momentum and evolve. So what's number four? What I'm saying. So we have we got, we got core, mm -hmm. we got clarity. Mm -hmm. So so the, so the core starts with with, with zero. Ah, that's right. So yes. that was before yes. core. <laughs> yes. So we do have six, and I didn't uh, miss anything yeah. um, in my notes here. So. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the PDF resource that your team built. And I want to be able to share that with the audience. And also the book that you wrote, I, just tell us how we find out more about you. Where do we go to connect with Satori Matteo? Yes. So uh, we did something special for, for this, for your audience, for your listeners. And um, we created so if the, well, maybe maybe hard to spell sometimes, but Satori S A T O R I, and my last name Mateo M A T E U. So SatoriMateo.com forward slash evolve. Okay, mm. so SatoriMateo.com forward slash evolve, and 
that is a a um, because we're we're creating so many things right now. We're, we're really getting into momentum with a lot of things and want to serve people at, at a really high level. So what we did with this evolve, it's it's a it's a wait list for um, because we we build the physical community, but in the meantime we want to be able to serve people on a digital level and digital platform. So it's a it's a wait list to be able to be part of the digital platform to actually understand it, and we. Once uh, people sign up on the wait list, they will get the first two chapters of uh, Unshakable Wealth. And I think that, you know, you, you're probably right when you understand what the book is about. It's wealth in the truest sense, um, because wealth, the core word of wealth is well-being. Um, it's an old, old word, wealth. <laughs> mm-hmm. But without your well, without well-being, without your health, um, nothing else matters. Right. So Unshakable Wealth is about all the things that we've talked about today uh, in, in, a, in a different form. I'm speaking about it from a different form, but at the core of it, I go into a lot of these uh, balancing and perspectives uh, in the book as well. So the first two chapters will be there and they will also get the the map of the six phases that we talked about today. Well, that's incredible. I very much look forward to reviewing that myself as well. I will be sure to carry over all of the links that you mentioned and notes on uh, our discussion today in show notes. So people can go to that. They can skip around on the podcast, the parts, the different messages that we discussed. So I really, I just thank you so much for your time. I would love to just invite you to leave our audience with one thought or message before we wrap up. I think um, the, the core message is that if, and I think that brings back everything that we talked about, that if you don't fill your life well, with meaningful, inspiring, and energizing activities, it will be filled with uninspiring, un, unfulfilling, and meaningless activities. Mm-hmm. And we all have the ability, by understanding our core values, to choose carefully what those values are to really be picky about it and to make it more important to feel fulfilled than fulfilling others what i mean by that is that when you fulfill yourself you will actually have something genuinely to give and i think that is the core because we naturally want to contribute and make a difference in people's lives. And so when we can fill ourselves by being inspired, by being inspired, rather than trying to be motivated from the outside, we'll be able to contribute to people in a, in a real and genuine way because people get to see us, the real us. Your cup will spill us over, right? <laughs> yes. And getting yes. back to kind of a biblical message in all of this at the same time. So important thoughts, important ideas. Thank you, Satori Mateo, for all you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Now, listeners, I'd like to invite you to act. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to feel like you're climbing Mount Everest. It could be as simple as sharing this podcast with people in your community that you think would benefit from it. You could even visit Satori Mateo's website and that special link that he's providing to all of us, just satorimateu.com slash, and I did write this down, evolve. Evolve. 
That's right. We did it at the same time. <laughs> so you could even listen to his podcast, Half-Ass to Badass. And I will include links of that in the show notes as well. And after all, you really never know where you're going to get your next inspiration from. And that very show could be it. As always, show notes are available on every platform and a full transcript of our, our discussion today will be on my website at caremorebebetter.com. So visit there and let's connect. Thank you so much listeners now and always for being a part of this pod and this community because together we really can do so much more. We can care more and we can be better. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.